Welcome to the Drinking with Gin podcast. I'm your host, Ginny Preem. I'm that friend that you can chat with about anything. Relationships, career, travel, fashion, with zero judgment. This is a space where we will navigate struggles and celebrate triumphs and share some laughs along the way. This is your new favorite community that you didn't even know you needed in your life. I'm a speaker, author, and master certified professional coach. I call you, my friends, gems, because this is where we can all shine our brightest. And now that you're in the circle, you and all of the other gems can tune in for relatable, real talk. Hey, Jem. Welcome to video in the Drinking with Jen episode. I am so excited to start bringing a little bit of live video to our chat. So I'm also really excited about today's episode because we are digging into a topic that I think a lot of people are going to either relate to or understand, or maybe you know somebody that's going to relate to this topic. And the reason why I think it's going to be so relatable is because it is Merriam-Webster's word of the year for 2022, and that is gaslighting. So it is obviously a topic and a word and something that a lot of people are interested in. And just like we did last week, I, or I'm sorry, not even last week, two episodes ago, I can't believe how fast the time is flying. So two episodes ago in episode 13, we unpacked narcissism, personality disorder, um, as Dr. Romani talks about in her book, Should I Stay or Should I Go? So as you know, I don't just come on here and loosey-goosey, flippantly talk about serious topics. I bring to you credible resources and information where we can really dig into some of these tough topics. So today's no different. We are not just going to flippantly and lightheartedly throw around the word gaslighting. We're going to do a deep dive. And as we get into it, let's first start off with what are you drinking? I today am drinking my almond milk latte with cinnamon powder because I'm recording in the morning, which is a little bit unusual. Um, It's a little bit atypical to do that. So let's start with the actual definition from Merriam-Webster of gaslighting. That is psychological manipulation of a person usually over an extended period of time that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality, or memories, and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence, and self-esteem, uncertainty of one's emotional or mental stability, and a dependency on the perpetrator. So that is the actual definition straight out of Merriam-Webster, out of the dictionary. So where did it come from? I think this is always fascinating to me. I love to understand things on a deeper level, like where did it come from? What's the origin? Well, the term gaslighting actually stems back to 1938. And there was a play that was founded as the plot. Um, It was actually the plot of a play where a man changed the environment around his wife, including dimming the lights. And when she would question it, he would insist that he wasn't doing it. And she started going crazy. 
and started to believe that she was crazy and that he was so good at making her believe that he wasn't dimming the lights and that actually it was her behavior and things that she was doing. So that's where gaslighting stems back from, all the way back from 1938. Now, like I said, I always want to bring credible resources and information. I came across a an article from verywellmind.com, and I will link it in the show notes. But what I again like about this article, like some of the other stuff that I've um, talked about on here, is that it's medically reviewed. And this article in particular is medically reviewed by Amy Morin. And this article is called What is Gaslighting? Signs and What to Do. Now, they started off with a similar definition of gaslighting to Merriam-Webster. In fact, it could be the exact definition. But they talk about in this article that while in particular, it is most common for gaslighting to occur in romantic relationships, it can also happen in family relationships, friendships, and even with coworkers. What I really appreciate is that they just come right out and they call it what it is, emotional abuse. And so I think that's a really great framework or starting point to think about, like if you're experienced this, experiencing or you have experienced this or you know someone that's experiencing this, that's what it is. It's flat out emotional abuse and there's no other way around it. So first let's talk about how gaslighting works. Well, what it does, and this kind of comes straight from the definition, but it undermines the victim's perception of reality. They start to second guess themselves. And then even after communicating with the abuser, and shall we just call them the baboons from here on out, like we established in episode 14, that from here on out, we are going to call the abusers baboons because that's what they are from that story in Kenya. If you want a deeper dive on that story from Kenya and why I'm using the word baboons to talk about our abusers, um, there's a story behind it. And that can be found in both episode 13 and then I do a recap in episode 14. So the victim starts to think that there's something wrong with themselves and they start to blame themselves. They really begin to question their judgment. They start to question their memory, even their self-worth. Their mental health can start to suffer. And that's because the baboons use a series of different tactics within gaslighting. So these are all tactics that gaslighters use. And I'll go through each one. There are eight of them. So like roll up your sleeves and we're just going to dig right into this. The first one is lying. And typically, these baboons are pathological liars. And in the article, they actually call out lying and distortion as the cornerstones of gaslighting. I really like that phrase, like lying and distortion are the cornerstones of gaslighting. They also make sure that they reference that this is frequently seen in narcissistic personality disorder. So there's no surprise here that we're seeing gaslighting as a common tactic and tool used by people with narcissistic personality disorder. So in the line, even when they're caught, oftentimes you'll hear them say things like, you're making it up. That didn't happen. And my favorite, you're crazy. 
Oh my gosh. So one of the things when I like, when I experienced this with Chad was when I started to question his behavior and where he was, and I wasn't proud of this behavior at the time. And now in hindsight, it was because I was being gaslit, but I turned on the security system so that I would get notifications of motion and know when, you know, people were coming and going in the house because I didn't trust when he was coming and leaving the house. Well, it turns out there was a whole day when I was traveling out of town and there was no activity on the security system. When I addressed it with him, he was like, that didn't happen. And I'm like, but clearly I can see <laughs> that it did. And then he used another tactic that we'll talk about later on called blame shifting or shifting blame. And he shifted the blame to the security system not working just on that particular day. It worked all the other days, except for just that one day when there was no activity. It was so strange. Anyway, so that is the first tactic is flat out lying. The second one that they use is they try to discredit you. And this may look like spreading rumors to other people, to your friends, to their friends, to other people around you and tell other people flat out lies about you or about this behavior. And my favorite phrase that when you're being gaslit is they'll tell you that, well, everybody thinks this about you or other people think this about you. And that brings in a little bit of triangulation, which we're not going to get into today. But then the victim of the baboon starts to think, well, do other people think this about me? Is everybody saying this? And typically, no, typically, no, no one has said that or thought that about you. And it's just really another tactic that the person, the abuser is using in their gaslighting tactics. The third tactic, so we talked about lying and discrediting you. The third one that they use is distracting you. This can look like changing the subject. If you go to address something with them, they may just flat out change the subject or and or do it in a way where they, instead of addressing the topic, they just ask you a question in return to not even address it. And then what that feels like for the victim of the baboon, and I actually used to feel this with a friendship that I had, they, if, if they're not answering the question that you're asking, you start to wonder if you even need to press this issue or this topic because if they don't even feel the need to respond, is this something that's important to discuss? So that's what the distracting you can look like. The fourth one is minimizing your thoughts and feelings. And they may say things like, oh, you're overreacting or you're too sensitive. And when you're the victim in the gaslighting, this may make you feel like you're not validated and you start to question your own feelings. Now, why I personally believe this one can be especially dangerous is because when you start to feel not validated and you start to question your own feelings, people tend to shut down and they start to isolate themselves and feel shame by not talking about it. And so this one I think is a really big watch out because it's important to not start that shutdown process. And now look, we're going to later on get into some of the tactics of what to do. So 
right now we're just talk we're talking about the tactics of gaslighting and the tactics that the baboons use and then later on we're going to get to what does this look like for the victim and what are some of the things that you might be feeling if you or someone you know is the victim of gaslighting and then in the article they also give some really great helpful tools so we'll get to that a little bit later on too now the fifth tactic in gaslighting is as i mentioned this term earlier shifting blame or blame shifting this one is very common and what happens is especially when you start to address the gaslighting behavior or the situation the baboon will start to twist it into making it your fault so they may say things like well if you behaved differently i wouldn't have to do this so i'll bring in another quick chad story and so this one was really our last big fight before the relationship ended and it was when i was counting his erectile dysfunction pills again i felt crazy for even doing it because it wasn't behavior that i was proud of but it was very clear there was two there when I left for my trip and there was two gone when I came home from my trip. And when I called him out on it at some point in the argument, he flipped on me, twisted it on me and said, if I had any idea that there were any trust issues in our relationship, I would have never uprooted my children and moved them into your house. Now, Jem, I understand at this point how crazy that sounds, but in the moment, you know, he knew how much I love his children. And so pulling on my heartstrings and kind of blaming me for not trusting him and then making it about something completely different about me and about the trust in the relationship and the children. And clearly there's a lot of reasons why I shouldn't have trusted him. So moving on from that, that's, that kind of wraps up the blame shifting. The next tactic, the sixth one, is denying any wrongdoing. And this can be so frustrating for the victim. This is where people that are doing the gaslighting, they just take no accountability and no responsibility for any of their actions. And what happens is the victim feels unseen. They feel unheard. And as outlined in the article, they say that this is actually one of the tactics that becomes very difficult for victims to be able to move on and to heal from. Sometimes people just need to have that closure of the abuser, or the baboon, just at least taking accountability. But it's very rare for these gaslighters to actually do that. The seventh one, I also, ooh, this one is really dangerous. So... The gaslighters will use compassionate words as weapons. And why this is so dangerous is because the words have meaning if they actually meant it. So if these words came from someone that wasn't an abuser or a toxic, dangerous personality in your life, it would be really valuable and meaningful. Now, they may say things, what this could look like is, you know how much I love you. I want to bring in a couple of other examples outside of a romantic relationship because these are things that I've actually had said to me by friends and coworkers. Like, you're like the sister I never had. We're like best friends. You're my best friend. I would never do anything to hurt you. And so that's what those words look like. But in the article, they flat out call this inauthentic. 
And because it's not authentic, these words don't have any meaning. And then what happens is the victim lets the abuser off the hook. And once again, they escape responsibility. And that can become sort of this repeatable pattern that happens over and over again. Now, the last tactic that they talk about in this article is rewriting history. I'm going to give a little warning here because this could be triggering for some because the example that they use, and I want to use this example because it does call light to physical abuse. And this can happen. While they definitely talk about gaslighting as an emotional abuse, this example in particular, when they talk about rewriting history, does touch on a physical example of abuse. And so I just want to be really careful about how we discuss that here. But the example that they use is maybe the abuser shoved the victim up against the wall. But over time, they start to rewrite how that story happened. And maybe it's that, well, actually, you tripped. And as you were tripping, I was saving you from falling over. And so I had to grab onto you and stabilize you up against the wall. And then the victim starts to question, did I trip? Is that what happened? And you start to, um, you know, question that reality. So I do want to call out here, and I'll probably call this out again later on, if you or someone you know is the victim of physical abuse, um, I'm going to link a victim hotline here and to seek help immediately. So I, I just want to call it out, and I wanted to give a little trigger warning because that could be triggering for some. But those are the eight tactics. So there's so many. I mean, the line, they discredit you, they distract you, minimizing your thoughts and feelings. And then you've got the blame shifting, the lack of accountability and denying that any wrongdoing, using those compassionate words as weapons and rewriting history. That's a lot. I mean, those are a lot of tactics that can be really dangerous and affect a relationship. So one of the things that I thought was really important that they said is pay close attention to these behaviors. And it reminded me of this saying, and I'm actually going to bring in an Instagram quote that I saw, but it reminds me of that saying that especially when we're in these toxic relationships, to keep in mind that you might hear what they're saying, but you also see what they're doing. And that reminded me of this quote, and I will link this by um, Change Your Perception. And this was just a good reminder to me. This one kept popping up, and so I thought this was the perfect place to share it. Sometimes you need to stop seeing the good in people and start seeing what they show you. And Ooh, that landed with me and, you know, hopefully that landed with you too. And I think that's, you know, leads into the signs that you or someone you know could be a victim of gaslighting. So let's walk through those. And again, there are a lot here. There's a lot to unpack and I'll just kind of run through some of them and then touch on some examples of where I might have some personal experiences that I can share or what that kind of looks like or, or feels like. So the first one is, you know, the first sign that you could be a victim of gaslighting is you start to doubt your feelings and you start to doubt your own reality. You begin to question your judgment and you start to question your perception. What that might look like or a sign that that could be something that you're experiencing is that because you continue to get discredited, you stop speaking up. So 
that I think is a really great way to, you know, understand, are you starting to question your judgment and perception? Have you stopped speaking up? Have you stopped standing up for yourself? You start to feel vulnerable and insecure. Um, a term that's often used is it feels like you're walking on eggshells. And I think that's a really good example. Like, do you constantly feel like you're having to tiptoe around this particular person? Now, I actually had an experience once where someone flipped that and used that on me. So they blame shifted and that relationship did 100% feel like I was always walking on eggshells, but then they used that on me as a weapon, which was really interesting tactic. You might feel alone and powerless. Have you started isolating yourself and not sharing with your friends? This is really important, I think, to touch on because this is what gaslighters and narcissistic personality disorder people want to happen. They want you to isolate yourself and shut down and not talk about your experiences with other people. So that one I thought was really important as well. You start to wonder if you are the things that they're saying you are. Am I crazy? Am I making this up? Have I lost my mind? And so it's that, that wondering of, am I all the things that they're saying I am? You begin to be disappointed in yourself. You might think um, you know, that you are too sensitive and you might be confused about who you really are. So you start to again question yourself and, and your thoughts or you start to doubt yourself. You might feel like there's a sense of doom or kind of feel like you're always on edge, particularly when you're around this person that you're in the relationship with. Do you find yourself apologizing a lot? Um, are you constantly apologizing to this person for things that maybe you didn't even do? Feeling inadequate, second guessing yourself. You know, this kind of goes back to before when I was talking about how I was counting Chad's um, erectile dysfunction pills. I was second guessing, should I be doing this? Well, clearly, I mean, maybe that I shouldn't have been doing that exact, you know, activity, but you start second guessing your actions, but there was clearly reasons why I was doing that. You might assume that others are disappointed in you. You start to question what's wrong with me. You may struggle with your decisions because you've really started to distrust yourself. So those are all of, you know, not all, but these, that's a pretty comprehensive list of signs that you might be a victim of gaslighting. And of course, the number one recommendation in this article is seek help. So reach out to a professional that can help you, first of all, understand if you are a victim, and then they can help you with what are some of the things that you can do? You know, what can you do to either cope or exit the relationship. And so those are the next things. Again, I will, I, I want to go back if there is any abuse or physical violence um, in the relationship that you're in, I am going to link a domestic violence hotline in the show notes. So please, if you or anyone that you know, that is the best way to take action in that scenario. But when we're talking about the emotional um, abuse of gaslighting, it's really interesting. In the article, they called out why they use gaslighting and yes it is about the manipulation but it's even more so about power and control and we've talked about that in episode 13 where we unpacked narcissistic personality disorder and they do talk in this article that that is often rooted like gaslighting is often rooted in these personality disorders 
especially like narcissistic personality disorder, among others. And they list a few others in there as well. So as always, I love that this article gives some tips and tricks of what to do. What can you do if you feel like you or someone that you know is the victim of gaslighting? The first thing to do is gain distance. You will notice that people that are using gaslighting as a tactic and a manipulative behavior, they do not like it when you start to gain a little distance because they start to lose that control. And as we just talked about, that's the really the reason behind it is the power and control. So gaining distance is the best thing you can do because it gives them less control and power over you. Surprise, surprise they recommended meditation. So they actually recommended specifically some breathing and grounding exercises. And that helps you feel a little bit more connected to yourself and to reality. And um, that can be a really powerful tool. So of course, I loved that one. This was really important. I like the perspective that they give on this one. So save any evidence that you have. And it's not even so much to use it as ammunition in the relationship with the other person, but save it for yourself so that you can reference back to it and go, oh, okay, so I have the evidence. These are the facts, especially if you are starting to question yourself in reality and the facts, then if you save the evidence, you've got the facts to reference back to, and that's going to help keep you kind of in that place of sanity. Set boundaries. Make it clear that you will not allow this in your life, this behavior and this treatment. And on that topic, a listener in the past week reached out and asked if I would do an episode just on setting boundaries. And that stemmed from episode 13 when we were talking about narcissistic personality disorder. And so, Jem, if you have a topic, that is something that I will look to, you know, do a whole episode on is setting and respecting and like keeping your boundaries because I think this is a really important topic and listeners want to hear about it so if you have I just want to remind you if you have any topics that you want me to explore and do a whole episode on reach out DM me on Instagram at Ginny Prem, and I am happy to explore different topics that you all would like to hear more about so keep those coming another suggestion that they give in this article of what to do if you feel like you are a victim of gaslighting is get outside perspective. And this is really important because remember we talked about when you start to not discuss things and you isolate yourselves, that's what the gaslighter wants you to do. And so when you get an outside perspective and you do talk to your friends, it it's going to help validate some of the things that you might be feeling or experiencing. And some people may like to hear this, some people may not like to hear this, but they actually recommend that the most effective thing to do is in most situations to end the relationship. Now, if you're not ready for that, certainly seeking professional help to help you with some of these coping mechanisms, you know, seeking that professional help may help you be able to end the relationship or at least give you some different um, perspectives. And like I said, some coping mechanisms or techniques to help get through this relationship with the person that is gaslighting you. And I love these reminders that they give at the end. So just a couple of things to keep in mind is you're not to blame. And 
just like they talk about in Dr. Romani's book or how Dr. Romani talks about in her book, um, Should I Stay or Should I Go? You can't change them. You cannot change their behavior. And I think it's really important to keep this in mind that it's not your fault. You're not to blame. You didn't do this. You didn't choose for them to behave this way. And I think these are just some really good thoughts to kind of leave you with today. So as you're thinking about this, you know, if you needed to hear this today, I'm so glad that we unpacked this. If you know someone that you think might need to hear this, please share it with them. Share your ideas that you want to hear in another episode. And until then, Gem, shine your brightest this week. And as always, let's get growing. Oh, you gems. Thank you for listening and tuning in to Drinking with Gin. I have enjoyed connecting with you. And if you loved this episode, I need you to please go subscribe, rate, and leave a review for Drinking with Gin. And then to stay connected with me, head over to my Instagram. My handle is Ginny Preem. I can't wait to chat again with you gems next week.